Hello, everyone, and welcome to I'm Recruitable TV. This is episode seven, bringing you the unfiltered, no BS information, education, and advice on college sports recruiting. I'm your host, Tarek Merchant, alongside with my sidekick, John Sklenar. Let's go. Let's uh, do this episode seven, see what we have to offer. All right. Sounds good. So this episode is about understanding college sports, divisions. I think this is an a uh, topic that people misunderstand year after year. I think part of the problem is that because we're in a, you know, the recruiting part or business is a one and done industry where once you go through it, you never have to look back. And so there isn't a whole lot of education being passed down from players, parents, other than college coaches helping the new players understand the different leagues and divisions. So this is going to be a good opportunity for us to help you figure out um, or learn what they are, you know, and where you should be going or what schools you should be targeting based on the divisions. And uh, we all know that D1 is the one that everyone talks about. Everybody wants to play D1 sports, but we're going to tell you about not only D1, but all the other divisions and leagues and how they may be a better fit than even D1 for you depends on the player and person you are. Yeah, I was going to say the same, like there's, you know, I feel like um, a lot of times people just target that one division, right? That one league or whatnot, but, but there's so much more to offer. So I think, I think we'll come across a lot of good information here. Sounds good. Okay. So we came up with the best way to explain this for you guys. And really we're going to start off with the history of the NCAA, the NAIA and the junior college. So there's... What people have to understand is that college sports in the United States is a very big animal here. And so it's trying to help players uh, develop their games, have a great college experience. Some people are going to go pros, very few. Most athletes are going to get a great student athlete experience out of this and a great education. And they're going to have an opportunity to develop their game and be the best they can be during their their college career, which is rewarding and fun in itself. Because, you know, if you talk to any athlete that's been playing college and didn't go to the pros, they're going to say, wow, so cool. A football guy's going to tell you, man, I played in front of like 50,000 fans. Like uh, I was like, you know, the man on campus and somebody else is going to tell you, you know, I went to March Madness. I played in the NCAA tournament or, uh, you know, a golfer or tennis player is going to tell you all the places they traveled to and the different places they played. So it's really, really cool experience. And it is a business and it's a college sports is a big deal. It's watched by people all over the country and all over the world. And um, it has a lot of value. That's that's number one. And so that's why these divisions like the NCAA, which is the National Collegiate Athletic Association, has been created back in 1906 to create a governing body. And um, it started a long time ago, along with the NAIA and the NJCAA, which is a junior college division. And um, these these have been created with different levels that we're going to get into in a few minutes as well. And um, there's not only history behind it, but there's certain requirements behind it. And there's certain information that everybody needs to know to better understand um, what you're getting into. So, you know, as far as how they operate with the history is, you know, they've all been formed with a certain amount of you know, uh, sports, depending on the division that they're in, uh, that really deems them whether they're playing in the NCAA, NAIA, junior college, depends if you're playing division one, two, they all have different 
leagues within them, and sorry, divisions within the leagues. Right. And that's where, um, you know, people get, I guess, confused. And I don't think you have to worry about that too much. You just have to know on the history standpoint that there are these different leagues. And I think that once you figure that out, you understand what they represent, then you're going to be able to make better decisions. Right. So uh, I'm not going to go into all the details. We have a lot of information here that we wrote down that are, you know, talking about when they were founded. So like I said, NCAA, 1906, NAIA, 1940, JUCO, 1938. So they've been around a long time and they've established themselves as the, um, as the leagues that you play in. So let's move on and let's start understanding the leagues and divisions. Yeah, well, I mean, talking about the leagues, um, you know, in college sports, uh, there's there's different types of leagues, like you were saying. It's kind of like, uh, if I want to give an example, like baseball. Um, you know, they have the MLB, you got your AAA, you have your AA. So there's different leagues, of course. Um, here, the leagues that we're talking about is NCAA, NAIA, the JUCO, and then again, it breaks down in, you know, divisions within each league. So that's something that you can uh, cover for us, Tarek. Okay. So yeah, like with the NCAA, you got division one, two, and three. And what people should understand is that division one, two, and three doesn't always necessarily equate to the hierarchy. Like you were saying, John, in baseball, for example, if you have triple A, double A, single A, that's going to move you up the levels and then eventually into the majors. Right. Now, to some degree, it is like that, but it's not all across the board. So there are Division One programs that do not have the same level of athletic, you know, uh, skill set on their teams, or or their teams aren't as strong as maybe a Division II team or a right. Division Three team or an NAI or junior college team. So people have to understand that first and foremost. And that's in all sports. I mean, you see it all right. the time where you have, you know, depending on what sport, your schedule you have, you know, you have Division Threes beating Division Ones and vice versa, of course. So it happens in all sports. Right. And initially it was built on that hierarchy though. Right. Just like it is in soccer. So if you're a football slash soccer fan, whatever you call it, whether you're in Europe or, or North America, um, you know, if you're playing in the Bundesliga, the first division or the Italian Serie A, or if you're playing in, you know, any of these premier league versus the second division, that's all based on literally your results and how good the teams are. You know, the top division is the top. And like you said, John, um, it was initially built like that, but it's not the case in today's day. So people have to first and foremost understand that. Right. Secondly, you have to understand where what what's the differences. And so, in Division One and Two, there are athletic scholarships. And we're talking about NCAA here. And in Division Three, there aren't athletic scholarships. Now, people immediately say, "Well, there's no athletic scholarships." You know, screw Division Three. Like, I'm not going to look at Division Three. No, no, no. The most number of schools are actually Division Three that offer sports. So you're more likely to play Division Three than Division One and Two. So then the question becomes, how am I going to play Division Three if there's no athletic scholarships? Well, there are other opportunities. There is financial aid that you could qualify for, and there are academic scholarships and grants and stuff that you qualify for. Having said that, there is a group of people that are also willing and able to pay a higher amount to go to college and still be a student athlete and have that experience. Um, so you can't just say, well, I'm, I don't want to pay for school or much for school. So I'm going to exclude division three. No, there's financial aid that could amount to full being get covered your full, you know, tuition and room and board and everything. 
And there could be situations on the opposite end of division one and two where they don't offer you a much or anything. Right. So, so that's the differences, but it doesn't stop division one and two schools from giving you ac- academic money. And it doesn't stop the division three schools from giving you academic money and financial aid. Everybody can do it. So you can't really generalize and target schools based on a financial aspect initially, at least. Right. Now an NAIA is another one of the leagues um, that people forget about. The NAIA is just like the NCAA. It has about 300 or so member schools and that changes, you know, uh, depending on how many join or, or drop, but it's a division that offers you the same ability that you could have in division one, two, and three in the NCAA. And people think of it kind of like a second division as well, but it's not, there's a lot of teams in there at the NAIA that can compete with division one, two, three schools and still give you the same student athlete experience. It's almost like saying I'm playing in, yeah, soccer is a great example because there's so it's a worldwide sport. And, you know, it's like saying I play in the English premier league or I play in the Spanish league or I play in the Italian league or the German league, you know, it's just another league, but it's still offering you competitive sports. And there are scholarships athletically for you. There are academic scholarships depending on the schools and financial aid and all that. Yeah, and some people don't realize as well, but but the league itself, NAIA, they also have a couple divisions within that as well. They got their Division One, Division Two. Doesn't stand out as much with the NCAA, but it's it's there, so it's still tiered down. Right, and on that note, I would say that every different sports have different divisions within them. Like in NAIA, certain sports don't have a breakdown of divisions, and right. other sports do. But that's a very good point. So it depends on your sport. Now the NJCAA, the junior college, otherwise known as JUCO, has is about two-year colleges. So these are two-year colleges, not four-year colleges. So you go there for two years and then you end up going to a four-year college, whether it's NCAA school or an NAIA school, it doesn't matter. But there, that's another league where people come in for various reasons. And we'll talk about that in the eligibility section. Um, but that is a league that could be a fit for you depending on your situation. Again, some people look at it as a negative. They look at it like, oh, I'm getting downgraded to this two-year school. No, for some people, it could be a better avenue to get to that next school. And there's so many reasons. It could be financially, bigger scholarships. It could be a better fit academically. It could help you in so many ways. So I think the big takeaway with understanding the leagues and divisions is knowing that you have to explore everything and you have to understand where you might fit, but don't discount anything based on all these biases and what you guys think you hear, because that's the biggest mistake people make. Can you have a great student athlete experience at each one of these leagues and divisions? Absolutely. Is one better than another? No. Of course you can. And I mean, for some sports, like, I mean, from our experience, um, you know, with, with NCAA um, football, for example, even the top programs in the nation, there's a lot of players that transfer out of, you know, junior colleges to go to these schools, right? Just because um, for specific reasons, like you were saying, whether they were having financial difficulties, academic difficulties, or just, you know, getting more mature your first couple years in college and then going on. People usually transfer, John, as you know, because of the lack of education that they have and the lack of, you know, t- 
time they spend trying to make an educated decision because they have a lack of education. So they're unable at times to make an educated decision on where they should go. And right. they transfer yeah. out, like you said, like in football, for example, um, that was a good example where, yeah, you know, you may come on and not realize like, Hey, I'm not starting for this team and I'm not getting any playing time. And really my student athlete experience at this school is not as good as it should be. And it could be better at another school that could be at a, you know, you might be playing division one at some like Kentucky, but realize you don't even get to play. So what good is it? So somebody might go to uh, Marshall, you know, a division two and feel like they get the opportunity to play and the atmosphere is great there too. Maybe it's not 80,000 fans, but it's 40,000 fans. And you know what I, like you got to go where you fit. Right. On that. Okay. So the next one is uh, eligibility requirements for the division. So this information is available on all on the website. So if you go to the NCAA.org or you go to the NAIA website or you go to the NJCAA website, you will get their requirements. And for the NCAA, they call it a quick fact guide PDF that you download and make sure you get the most updated one that's going to go through and tell you, okay, how can I be eligible? So one of the things that's different with these leagues and stuff is they're attached to school. So unlike pro sports, like when you get drafted or you go play the, in the NHL, NFL, MLB, et cetera, you just go there and there's no requirement as far as academics go, obviously. Right. So with these sports leagues, you have to be eligible because it's attached to college. So in order to be eligible, each one of these, these leagues and each one of the divisions have specific requirements, such as in division one, um, you have to have, take 16 core courses in your high school years and they break it down as to how many Englishes, how many social sciences, etc. you have to take to be eligible. And the same thing will go with their GPA. You have to have a certain GPA, a certain SAT or ACT score to be eligible to play in that league. So no matter what the university requirements are, the league still requires you to have a specific standard right. before you could play. So even if the school admits you and says, hey, we admit you to the university, um, you're in, but oh, you're not eligible with the NAIA or the NCAA. And that eligibility goes as, alongside with, with your gap years or how many years you know, you're active or inactive in high school, uh, making sure you take the, the classes and um, you have to stay eligible also on a amateurism standpoint, not taking money professionally and so on. And each sport's a little bit different, but each of these leagues, what I think they've done a fantastic job on over the last few years, is they've done a really good job putting this information on their website. So a lot of people used to have to rely on, you know, people like ourselves who would give them, you know, detailed information, stuff. Now it's great that they have it there because it's something that you should be able to manage on your own and make sure that you stay in, you know, in uh, eligible, eligible wise. But this is a, something that I'm going to throw also is that people who want to start their recruiting process late are going to suffer in this situation. If right. you don't know what the requirements are for all the leagues and divisions going into your grade nine year, your freshman year, then you could potentially make a mistake. And if you make a mistake, there's no going back. So this is one of the reasons of many why people need to start at least understanding their recruitment from the time they get deemed a prospect, which is grade nine in their high school. 
Um, John, you want to give us some standard requirements, just a quick little overview on the NAIA and JUCO? Yeah, so a little bit slightly de different NAIA. We got um, academic eligibilities based on high school GPA, um, top 33% placement test scores and transfer rules. Um, due to uh, deemed eligibility for participation in the NAIA sports, an athlete must achieve a minimum score of 860. Uh, on the SAT and a minimum of 18 on the ACT. Um, or finish in the top half of their graduating class and maintain a GPA of 2.0. So by satisfying any of these um, requirements, any two of these requirements, an athlete will be deemed eligible to play in the NAIA. Okay. Okay, when it comes to JUCO, uh, junior college eligibility, uh, academic eligibility is based on high school GPA as well and uh, placement test scores. Okay. Uh, junior colleges simply require that a student athlete be a high school graduate earning an improved standard academic diploma. So okay. a little bit different with the, with the JUCO. So, so we, we know that there's different requirements, some the same, some slightly different for some of the divisions and leagues. And, you know, if you're an athlete, that's, already a junior or senior in the process and maybe you've taken a gap year maybe you know you've had other things happen along the way and you're not really sure where you could be eligible then this is a great way to go on and check these different quick facts and guides and information requirements so that you can see hey am i which which ones which leagues could i play for and yeah you can I go online and view all the information you can call their customer service and just find out but Again, like like you're mentioning as well, you have to stay on top of it because because you can't go back at times if if you're losing out on eligibility and you're not aware of it. And you're yeah. starting the process a little bit later, right? Yeah, something I like that. Great. You can call them too. You know, that's that's something that people sort of forget to do. It's just call them, tell them your situation, look at the the docs, and just be like, okay, this is where I fit. I I fit in with all of them. Great, no problems. Okay, I can only play at one. Okay. And so, you know, you go after the right schools that way. Right. So th that leads us to our, our, our last and most important topic, I would say, is, um, you know, we, we should talk here about which division you should target. This is like the cool million dollar question, right? People are really asking, is. like, uh, I don't know what I should be targeting. Well, the short answer is you should be targeting all of them as long as you don't have any eligibility issues, which you won't if you are doing things the proper way and on time. So unless you're in a situation where you're coming out of the pros or something like that, or you've taken some right. time off, you're good. So you should be targeting everything initially. initially Especially if there's coaches coming after you. So just because if you're, again, if you're not really aware of where to target, but a lot of people try to target division one, if you have Division Two coaches, NAA, Division Three coaches, JUCO coaches, whatever the case is, if they're reaching out to you, you should be targeting these schools as well. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll just say here, um, you know, again, targeted about targeting schools is finding the right fit school will ultimately bring you to the division you should be playing in at times. So, example here, if you choose between a same level athletic program at a D1 level and D2 
D2 might have your major that you're studying in and it's leaning more towards, you know, whether you want, again, you're trying to find the right fit here, both academically and athletically. So if there's a D2 school where you're going to be playing at, um, you're going to, again, be getting playing time and it has your major and that's what you want to study in and that's a future of yours, then ultimately that could be a better fit than a D1 program that might not have your major, might have a side major that you might be able to get into, but then might have to transfer out after two, three years so you can finish your major somewhere else. And, you know, you might not be getting as much playing time or, you know, battling for that last spot maybe, then, you know, you can kind of lean towards that Division two school. It seems to be a better fit for you. So, again, finding the fit with your preferences this can ultimately lead you to which division you should be targeting at times. So I'm going to go as far as saying this, John, if I'm going through the process again, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting down my preferences and my needs and wants. So I'm going to go down and say, I want to study business, preferably marketing, but I'll look at business. That's what I want to do. I want to play my sport. And so in my case, I was a tennis player. So I'm going to go play tennis and I want to be on the starting lineup. So I have to meet the, the numbers top six spots. I got to, you know, play in the top six in order to get a starting spot. That's a preference of mine or sorry, a, a deed for mine. I also want to make sure that I get a scholarship. Okay. I need a scholarship that's going to leave me to pay, you know, $15,000 or less per year. Cause that's what my family can afford. And I want to make sure that I have a great social experience at school too. People from different places and countries and have a diverse experience. Right. Okay. So those are my main things that I want to get out of the school. And then I have some other preferences. The weather. I love to go down to the South. It's great to play outdoors. I've always lived in Canada my whole life. So I don't want to be in the winter if I can avoid it. Great. I want to try a new experience. I'd like to go somewhere different. And um, I also love um, pizza. So, you know, it'd be great if there's some good pizzerias around town. Okay, right? So those are kind of like my personal preferences, my, my wants, not my needs. So now any college that comes my way that is either I'm reaching out to based on my search criteria and I'm filtering that out and or coaches that are coming directly to me that are interested that match that criteria my my preferences like my hard real preferences not my the pizzeria and thing because those are just wants but if everything else matches then i'm good which means i need to be exploring that school screw the division forget everything like that just look at the schools on that perspective right if you start looking at schools and targeting them solely on the divisions then you're going to be in trouble Okay, I can further, after I get my list of schools of interest that I have that match my needs and also the coach's interest, then I can start going through and saying, okay, these schools are division one, these are division two, these are division three, blah, blah, blah. And I can start figuring out, okay, does this school that's interested in me that's division one actually have a better tennis team? Than this program. And so if I'm another sport, if I say baseball, football, whatever, it doesn't matter. Do they actually have better teams? What conference do they play in? Do they have an opportunity to get to the, you know, the NCAA tournament, for example? Like if that was one of my preferences, I watch a lot of kids that 
write down in their I'm recruitable profiles, I want to win a national championship. I want to play for a team that makes the NCAA tournament. Well, if that's the case, sometimes some D1 programs don't even have a chance. And if you play Division Two, you probably have a chance not only to win, to make the NCAA tournament, but you might even have a chance to win a championship. And if that really means something to you, then you should be going after that school rather than that Division One school, because if not, you shouldn't have written it into your profile, because that means you care more about the division and what it means, because it's cool to play D1 than it is to play D2. Yeah, well, I mean, personal experience or, you know, example from my end, um, when I narrowed down my schools, my choice was between a D1 and a D2 as well, okay? Um, I studied in um, operations management, business management. Both schools had it, okay? There's not one school that weighed out the other. There wasn't a Harvard compared to something else where, you know, you might consider. But it was a business degree. Um, it wasn't going to make a difference where it was coming from. And then it was based on specific preferences. Okay, so the D1 was in the Northeast, the D2 was in the South. Okay, originally, you know, I want to be in the South, better weather um, at times. And the other preference was not necessarily a preference, but on the athletic side was the D1, you know, I was, I was gonna, you know, battle to have a playing spot on the team. Whereas the D2 school, very competitive conference, very competitive team, but I was I I knew that I had more of a secure spot on the team where I was going to be able to play uh, throughout the season. So, you know, I could have went with the D one just because it's a D one, you know. And again, as far as uh, the athletic scholarship, it was it was it was similar on both ends, so it wasn't a big difference whether I went one way or the other. So it was really down to you know. I do have a couple of my preferences leaning more towards the school in the South. And plus, you know, I'm going to have a better chance to play more. That's how I made the decision. I didn't just go because the D1 school probably had a better, which they did, um, have a better overall name, whereas the D2 school did, did not. As far as if I went to someone and said, hey, do you know this D2 school in this southern state? They might not know. But if I go, hey, you know this D1 school in the Northeast, they'll be like, of course, I see them all the time in the March Madness or whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, and I had the best four years of my life, memories, experience, good education. It all worked out. So. Yeah, no, that's that's a good experience. point. That's yeah. exactly how it works. And I think it all comes back to education. Again, if you're educated, you can start making decisions and you, you know, I think I made the point and you made it stronger is saying, look, you got to go on what's best for you. Right. And there's a fine line between requirements that you will not, you know, that are non-negotiable versus the negotiable ones. Like I want the pizzeria. I want like, you know, it's, I make that joke because I think, it, you know, I used to make the joke about with, with people about, you know, I need a Starbucks near me or something like those are all nice things to have, but they're not going to make or break. If they don't have your major at the school that you want to study and you're dead set on that, like you you're crazy to think that you want to go there or even entertain it. You have to let that go, no matter how great the school is. You know, if it's a liberal arts school and you want to study something outside of that, like it's not a good fit, right? Yeah, because you're going to have issues. You're going to have issues down the line. So again, you're going to like, it's almost a guarantee that you're going to be transferring out if you're sticking with that major. Yeah. So the last thing that I'm going to say on which divisions you should target is going to be on the market. 
and the market is the coaches. Remember, recruiting is a business. And so this is your business 101. The market dictates you what your value is and where you will go, just like anything else. So if you have a lot of coaches that are following you, showing interest, sending you messages, viewing your profile, then it will dictate where you are. You know, if you have an I'm recruitable profile, okay? and you're on I'm recruitable and you have 20 you know profile views and you filter that out and you see where they're coming from and even if they're coming from different divisions it's like okay but are these schools all a similar level are they looking for athletes similar to me likely you will see where you fit in the market are you you know and I don't want to say it, but people will label it this way. Are you a D1 player? Are you a D2 player? Are you a D3 player? No, it doesn't work like that. It's what level are you? Because if you go in and you search, depending on your sport, and you have a couple D1s, some D2s, maybe D3s, NAIA, you will realize when you do the research that majority of those schools will be a similar caliber level. At least an athletic fit. Athletically. Athletically, right. exactly. Academically, maybe different. Money-wise, as far as finances and all that may be different, but that is another way to see which schools you should be targeting. When all of a sudden a group of schools are coming at you and they're all a similar academic or sorry, athletic caliber, then you know that that's probably where you're going to fit. And so don't label it D1, D2. Don't let your coaches label that. It doesn't work like that. It may work like that at the very top level. But we all know the guy who's going to UCLA, Stanford, you know, all Texas, all those top teams, Georgia. Yes, they're all at a similar caliber in most sports athletically. Right. So that's that's what I think are is important for everyone to take away on where you should be targeting. A, you should be putting in your preferences and making sure that it lines up with your academic, athletic, and financial goals. And then be seeing what coaches are showing interest in you and getting an understanding of what your value is in the market. Agreed. All right. Sounds good. So that concludes episode seven. And, uh, you know, hope you guys can take this information and uh, move forward with it and find your best uh, schools to target. By the way, in college, um, Tarek over here had to battle. <laughs> a spot against me. So finding the right fit, right? Yeah. I, it, it worked for me really well. I luckily actually like, you know, if I had gone to a school that there were some schools, if I hadn't, you know, uh, decided not to play at one point, they were too high academically for me. I probably would have failed out. So it ended up working out for me that way. That part I overshot for sure. Athletically, I think I found a great fit. Now you're a genius. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Happy recruiting everyone.